Thanks for listening to the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry, here to help educate, motivate, and put you on the right path to take control of your health through weekly discussions on topics in the medical field, public health arena, and in your community. And now your host, Dr. Barry. So we're going to be talking about COVID-19 this week. I'm excited to kind of give some updates on where are we at? Where have we gotten so far? More importantly, what to expect? And I want to end the show. I want to end the show with some food for thought just for those who are asking really the burning question that I've gotten probably for the past couple of years. Hey, Doc, when is this going to be over now? You know, a little foreshadowing. You got to wait to the end to catch, uh, you know, what my personal thoughts are, but definitely something you need to be concerned about. So, I want to say, obviously, when we do these COVID-19 updates, I think we always kind of start out with the numbers, because a lot of times when we kind of talk about COVID-19, for a lot of people, it's just an abstract, you know, issue. It's just a disease that they've heard about. But once you start breaking down the numbers to them and seeing just how prevalent it is, not only here in the United States, but across the country, then I think it ties in a little bit more, right? So let's let's get into the numbers. You know, that's something I, I like, like to do, right? So worldwide, total number of cases, let's get this right, 665 million. Yes, that is million with an M. And remember, we started keeping track of these cases in March of 2020. So it hasn't been a full three years. And we have 665 million worldwide with 101 million of those coming here in the United States, depending on where you're watching this from. So we have been at the forefront. And yes, that for those who may be wondering, I wonder if that puts the United States number one. Yes, uh, we are uh, far and ahead the number one country for COVID-19 cases. Now, on the flip side, let's talk about the deaths, right? Because I think one thing that's really been attached with COVID really from the beginning is the lives that have been lost. And more importantly, the number of lives that have been lost in such a significant amount of time. Right now, there is 6.7 million deaths contributed to COVID-19 worldwide. 6.7 million, 1.1 million deaths right here in this country. We did a video on this when we crossed the 1 million mark, which Again, you you ask yourself if there were things that would have been done sooner, if there are things that would have been done different, if there are messages that would have gotten to the right people, would we have gotten a million deaths? I don't think so. But one thing that really evident, especially here since the pandemic, especially in this country, is when it comes to misinformation, when it comes to disinformation, it's, you know, a prevalence is abound. And I, I truly believe, and again, I, I I can't think of a number, but I truly believe that this aspect of misinformation, disinformation has cost the lives of many people. And even if it did not cost the lives of many people, there are many people who will be forever harmed by it. Because yes, you can have one person die, that one person has loved ones, they have family, they have friends who are going to be always affected by it and understand that, yes, this disease that I got misinformation from, that gave me disinformation. Like this disease is the reason why my friend, my family member isn't with me today 
you know, celebrating another uh, new year, right? So j- just some food for thought when we think about COVID-19. Um, let's talk about COVID vaccines. I think we would be remiss to not just talk about, obviously, the number of cases and more, you know, somberly the m- number of deaths, which is a lot. But let's just talk about the vaccines because since the advent of the vaccines and since this um, initiation, especially here in this country, really across the world, it's been the most recommended choice of action when we talk about, hey, how do I prevent getting COVID? Yes, we've gone through the social distancing. We've gone through the act of masking, but it always, from a foundational standpoint, always ended at the road of you need to get vaccinated. And more importantly, with the year 2023, it isn't just you need to get vaccinated. It's you need to get a booster as well. So think about it. Before, we would say you were fully vaccinated if you got again your primary series of shots, right, depending on which vaccine you got in this country and across the world. Sorry to break your concentration. I know you're probably knee deep into today's episode, but do not forget, check out our Lunch and Learn community store, shop.drbarrypierre.com. Remember to use the code EMPOWER10 and make sure you are leaving us a five-star review, especially on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Thank you. Now back to your regularly scheduled podcast. But now we're starting to even revise our train of thought, or really more importantly, our definition when we think about fully vaccination, because we know that because of all of these variants, which we will discuss later, we know that the variants um, have causes so that we've had to actually bring boosters probably sooner than they wanted to, but boosters all of the same. So let's let's talk about the vaccines, right? So worldwide, 13.2 billion doses of vaccine have been given out. For those Uh, On the anti-vax side who are telling us that you guys don't know the long-term effects, 13.2 billion have received this vaccine. Which long-term effects do you think is going to occur that 13.2 billion people are going to be affected worldwide is what really all I ask. 665 million cases here in the United States as far as those um, vaccines have been dosed. And let's give the fully vax definition. Now, I don't believe this definition this is from CC, so I don't believe this definition encompasses with boost. So I think this is just if they had gotten the primary series. We have 5 billion people fully vaccinated worldwide and 225 million fully vaccinated here in the United States. That respectively is 65% and 69.1%. Remember, guys, when we used to talk about getting herd immunity and getting that 70%, We did it because we knew that, hey, if we can slow the transmission of disease to a point and do it in a quick enough manner, we don't have to worry about subsequent variants uh, producing. Because we knew, yes, we knew that all viruses mutate in one way, shape, or form, but we didn't want to add gas to the fire, right? We didn't want to pour gas all over the fire and say, hey, like, I dare you to do it. And unfortunately, that's what we did. So, yes, the 69.1% is great here in the United States, but it's because it took so long to get to it that we were able to have variants like the Delta, variants like the Omicron arise as they such because, you know, it it was able to replicate enough to the fact that, again, viruses are smart. 
they understand that, you know, hey, I throw I throw that primary vaccine at you. Oh, wow. You know what? This this whatever this person's got is pretty good. Let me see if I can come back around with something different. That's all the viruses do. So you can't keep giving it opportunities to what we call what we say kind of spin around the block. Right. You can't give opportunities to make a U-turn, make another pit stop. Right. Because that's how people who are vaccinated will end up getting COVID and getting sick from COVID, because it's not as if the vaccine doesn't work. It's that the vaccine worked against a particular strain. And when you have these newer strains develop, yes, you might have gotten that vaccine, you know, in the year 2021, like you might have gotten it early, but guess what? If you don't get these boosters, I'm going to invade you like you didn't, like you never prepare for the disease COVID in and of itself, right? So again, food for thought um, in our regards as far as just COVID vaccines and the numbers, again, when anti-vaxxers talk to you and they tell you about, oh my God, you guys don't know the, the huge side effects. I always say, what are the side effects that are going to affect 13.2 billion? Again, 65% of the world population. Think think about the, the amount of people who are in power, right? All of the presidents, all of the CEOs, all of these people who are in significant promise decisions, positions, and they got vaccinated because either they know something or they don't. So neither here or there, right? So I want to talk just briefly about the United States and their vaccines because I'm aware that other countries have different vaccines, but I'm here in the United States. So I got to talk about the United States vaccine. So right now we have four different vaccines that are available for treatment um, and protection, I should say. Uh, against COVID-19. So we have our two mRNA vaccines. You know these vaccines pretty well. These are our Pfizer. These are our Moderna uh, vaccines. But I just want to give you an idea of some uh, differences between the two. So Pfizer is approved uh, for uh, people 12 and above. And it has an emergency use for those six months to 11. So again, for those, if this is your first time watching this first, so I appreciate you. Make sure you hit that subscribe and like button. If you're watching me on YouTube, if you're listening to me on the podcast, make sure you hit that to subscribe on whichever channel you happen to be on. Appreciate you. So if you're, for those who are trying to figure out, like, why is one approved but one's emergency use authorization? Usually the steps of, you know, getting full approval is, you know, you do your studies, you do your trials, it does well. And then uh, the FDA will grant you what we say, this emergency use to say, hey, you know, the, the benefits of getting this medication out to market far outweigh us having to go through our typical timetable to give you full approval. So go ahead and let that prosper out to the world. So when we first started with the vaccines, that's how they came out. They came out with the emergency use authorizations. But once they were able to get enough data and realize that, oh, these vaccines work very well, then they were able to go back around and say, okay, we'll give you full approval. So uh, emergency use for six months to 11 years. Yes, there is a booster available for those 12 and above. mRNA is another mRNA, uh, I'm sorry, Moderna is another mRNA vaccine is also available, um, approved 18 above and emergency use six to 17. So you can kind of see there is a little bit of differences in age as far as whether one's uh, emergency use or whether one's approved. Um, and they do have a booster as well. That booster is for those 18 and above. So if you're Moderna, 18 and above, you can get the booster. If you're Pfizer and you're 14, 
Um, if you're if you're 15 years old um, and you're looking for a booster, you can get the fiber dosing um, as well. We also have a recombinant protein vaccine. Uh, this is from Novavax emergency use for 12 and above. And the um, adenal vector vaccine, that is our Johnson & Johnson um, emergency use 18 above, right? So here in the United States, we have a very abundance of riches. And what I see a lot of times, what I see from detractors online is, oh my God, you guys don't know what's, what these mRNA vaccines are. You don't, y'all don't know what that technology is and you're putting in your body. Well, then I always say, well, if you don't want the newer technology, like again, if you don't want the new car, I got this old car that I can sell you. It still works. It still runs, but the newer car is the newer car. So I always say, all right, if let's say you have a problem with mRNA vaccines, well, then just get the Johnson and Johnson, right? That's a, that's an old technology on how we used to treat um, and uh, you know give vaccines. Why don't you use the Johnson & Johnson? Why don't you use, again, we have Novavax now. Nova's, Novavax is the most recent one uh, that was available. Why don't you use those if you're afraid of the technology of the mRNA vaccines? And usually they really don't have any good um, response when I say that thing, but you know, it is what it is. Um, and, and, and again, we talked about how, uh, you know, to be fully vaccinated, it does include uh, primary vaccine and boosters. So one thing I wanted to say before I get off the topic of these vaccines, and I've been, I've been talking about this, you guys have heard this ad nauseum. One of the benefits that we had in the beginning of this pandemic is that government funding was behind it. And because government funding was behind it, the reason why What's the number again? Right. The reason why 665 million doses of vaccines were able to be given out is the government was subsidizing and paying for it. It was paying for it. So when you saw and when I looked to see all of these, this funding start going away for testing, start going away for uh, the treatment course, the writing was on the wall. Because once the government stops stepping in to pay for the vaccines, guess what? Those companies who created said vaccines are able to charge what they want to charge. And it's actually, depending on when you're watching this, Moderna or Moderna kind of mentioned that, hey, you know what? We're thinking about raising the price of this vaccine from 100 to $130, right? So like up to $100 to $130, right? So this is a vaccine and, you know, per, per reports, getting not sure how true it is, costs about $2 to make. $2 to make, and they are ready to charge $100 to $130 just to get it. And that's because, again, the government isn't there anymore. A lot, I know a lot of people, especially when it comes to trust, uh, you know, have issues with the government, especially with medical care. But understand, this is one of those, this is one of those scenarios where I say, hey, you probably want to get your vaccine boosted right now while you have a chance, because if you don't do so, guess what? Now you're going to have to come out your pocket when you actually need it. And if you don't have to come out your pocket when you actually need it, this is the time uh, to get it, right? So I, I, lo- I love that. I just, again, wanted to touch on that process for sure, because I, I think when we talk about you know, vaccines, I think a lot of people think these vaccines are going to be here forever. And more importantly, a lot of people think these vaccines are going to be at the cost that they are forever. And that's just not the case. We know how these pharmaceutical companies do. They're going to make money. 
They're going to work to get some money. So it's going to be important for you to be like, you know what? Let me be proactive and get whatever vax, whatever boost I can while the government's still footing the bill. So let's talk about some new variants. Let's talk about, you know, some public health issues of concern. And this time I will start on the opposite side of the world, right? So let's talk about China. China is currently, as we speak, as you're, you know, you're watching or listening to this recording, China is going through one of the largest um, outbreaks of COVID since the pandemic. So I think that sentence alone should kind of give you an idea of like, wow, something's going on over there. And remember, if you, if you do, China is very stingy with their information. So a lot of the numbers that they're getting are estimates based on other factors. But the fact that their estimates still have China going through the largest outbreak, guys, definitely should be of concern, right? So just to give you an idea, like I said, you know I love the numbers. You know I love the numbers. In uh, Henan Henan province, it's estimated that 89% of the 99 residents in that province uh, had a new affection for COVID. Guys, I'll let you do the math. 89% of 99 million people had a new infection to COVID. In uh, um, Zhujiang province, over a million new infections a day were recorded in late November. Those are Omicron numbers. And I implore those who have a chance Go do a, a Google search for COVID cases in U.S. And when you look at the like the January 22 range, see how many new cases we were getting every single day. I was looking at it just past um, a couple of days. Um, there's been times just in the past couple of weeks where we popped uh, 150,000, 200,000, 100,000. So, so imagine that, that here where cases are running and they're definitely running, we are getting 150,200. And mind you, those aren't even the fully fully fleshed out numbers. It's just that, and uh, full disclosure, I live in the state of Florida. So the state of Florida has one of the worst governors. And because we have one of the worst governors, um, he's been very obstructionist in regards to COVID relief really much since the beginning. Since the beginning, he's been very obstructionist uh, with the way uh, he's, interacted uh, with the federal government, with the way he's acted towards trying to protect the residents of Florida. Like this, that's the state I'm in. So now we don't even record, we don't even report our numbers as accurately as we should, if even if we do, um, in that regards. What we do know is that ICU bed occupancy has gone up from 54% to about 85%. Um, we know that... Um, Mostly the variant that they are dealing with now is BA5.2 and BF.7. BA5.2, BF7. Those are the dominant strains that they are dealing with during this outbreak here. And these are some factors that I think is important to note. China, China does not import vaccines. So all of the vaccines that they created were created over there. And unfortunately, we know that the type of vaccines, the mRNA vaccines, have been the most successful against COVID-19. We know that. 
But unfortunately, they won't even accept any import of vaccines. Couple that with the fact that you have an elderly population where only 40% above 80 actually got vaccinated and boosted or just vaccinated in general because of distrust with you know their, their current government, you have a recipe for a disaster. So you have in China, what's going through this zero COVID policy where there are strict lockdowns and masking and everything else, they were starting to loosen up those reins. So imagine I have this policy that, you know, again, tries to keep everything at bay. And it does an amazing job keeping everything at bay, at least based on the numbers. And because of protests and everything else, you say, all right, you know what? Let's leave it open. Let's open it up again. And then, boom, you have one of the largest uh, outbreaks uh, since this pandemic started. Like, that's just that just is what it is. So, again, just some 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 food for thought uh, in that regards. Right. So let's let's kind of move over to the United States. Y'all. Let's move over to the United States. Uh, the new variant on the block is XBB 1.5. Let me repeat. XBB 1.5. That is the new variant. It's under the Omicron umbrella. I don't, I don't know what the actual medical term is or science term is. I, yeah, I'll, I'll just call it the umbrella. A month ago at the time of this recording, it made up less than 10% of cases of COVID-19. Fast forward a month later, it's making up almost 30% of cases. Even worse, in the Northeast Corridor, 70% of new cases are due to BB15. So what do we know? What do we know about this and why is this an issue? So we know that with the XBB1.5, we know that because viruses mutate when they grow, we know that there are viral mutations that help it stick to the cell a little bit better. And if it sticks to the cell, it infects the cell. We don't want it sticking to the cell. So we know there are mutations in this XBB 1.5 that actually help it do that. And if it helps it stick to the cell, guess what it can also do? It can also spread much more rapidly. So we have a case where not only do you have mutation, and that's why they're watching it. That's why they're watching it. So we have a mutation that allows it to stick to the cell, let, let it spread more rapidly. That's a problem. That is a problem, and that's why it's, it's risen up the way it's risen up. Obviously, something we got to keep an eye on. So let's talk about, uh, you know, from a transmission standpoint, um, yes, it still carries the same type of scale that the other version has where you're, sympt- you're contagious for one to two days before you're even symptomatic. And then after you're symptomatic, you're usually contagious for another three days. Think about that now. <laughs> so two days before I even feel anything, I can give it to everybody. Obviously, while I'm sick, I can give it to everybody. But guess what? Almost up to 72 hours after being sick, I can still give it to everybody. So that's, you know, again, this is this is why uh, we we champion how important it is to protect yourself and protect others. Remember, empower yourself for better health, y'all. That's why we champion the level of importance because we know, we definitely know uh, that problems can arise downwind especially if mutations start getting smarter and smarter. Again, I'll knock on wood. We are lucky that we do not have a disease as virulent as the Delta variant. And I implore people to go look uh, during that time frame of what the Delta variant was doing. 
in comparison to the Omicron variant, the Omicron variant, and we've had plenty of subvariants under it, but the Omicron variant was bad because it could spread and then everybody can get it. Now, Delta wasn't like that. Like, so Delta wasn't the type that, you know, if one person got it, every single person in the room had to get it. But it was the type that if one person in that room got it, that one person is going to be extremely sick. Like, that's what the Delta did more often than not. Um, people are asking uh, questions where what about the boosters? So, yes, the boosters have are still shown to be effective against the specific variant. So, again, if you're watching this or listening to this, go get boosted. And I'm assuming you're already vaccinated if you're watching this or listening to this. But if not, go get vaccinated and then go get boosted. <laughs> That's their point there, right? So before before I want to before I tap out, guys, before I want to tap out with you guys, I want to talk about just how this pandemic has been, man. We're in year 2023. We're in the third year running of this pandemic, which and I remember telling people, people, people like looked at me so badly, like they, that I was mean when I told people at, in 2021, like, oh, guys, this is something we're gonna have to deal with for a while, right? Probably forever, right? And people are like, oh my God, like don't wish, don't wish that on us and everything else. And now we're going into year 2023. We're going to hit the three-year mark pretty soon on when this vaccine really touched down here in this country. And we still got those same lingering questions, right? We still have those issues of people feeling stressed, people feeling concerned, especially my patients who are not my patients, but you know, people who are immunocompromised, people who um, you know, have, you know, pre-existing conditions that may, that may make it worse for them if they happen to pick up COVID. They're still scared. They're still worried. But when they look around, it's a lot of not worrying occur. And I think that's the problem for them because of the not worrying that occurs. Like, I think that's a fear factor for them because they see no one wearing masks anymore. No one really social distancing anymore. They see the sports uh, events. No one doing any of those things there. But yet here we are having to deal with, you know, kind of the repercussions almost three years later, right? Three years later, we're still dealing with variants that become concerning, that become spooky uh, in nature. Um, so I think I think that's a big uh, aspect there. And again, I understand, right? I'm, I'm not naive. I understand that the financial ramifications between the lockdown and shutting down, especially here in this country and definitely in my state, never going to happen again. But when we look at China, who had, again, I think maybe on the opposite spectrum where they were like, like, you're really not going to go anywhere. Like, I can see how that builds animosity. I could, I could 100% see that. But when you're on this side where everything, everything is laissez faire, everything's like, ah, that's okay. Everything is, I'm, I've got it. Like, that's a problem as well. So definitely something to kind of think about. Um, and then, you know, just a quick update on guidelines, just for those who may not know. Um, again, I, I've talked about this at a few episodes. CC guidelines as far as isolation, uh, zero to five days. On day six, you check to make sure you're not asymptomatic and you don't really need a test. You don't get another test. You, you don't need one. But let's say you are symptomatic. Let's say you still have fevers and chills and everything else. Then you have to rock that out all the way till 10 days. So think about it. So isolation, five days, no more 10 days. And, you know, wear your mask at all times. I know some people who are still going to work with COVID. That's a dangerous game, y'all. It's a very dangerous game. That's all I got to say here. Uh, from a testing perspective, we only test when you're symptomatic. 
Um, that's the primary aspect of testing when you're symptomatic. And if you've been exposed to someone who has COVID, waiting for about five days before you test yourself. And why is that five days important? Because remember what we talked about, one to two to read, one to two days you could be contagious. And then after those two days, that's when you become symptomatic. So by that time, by day five, we'll know if you have COVID um, or not based on that level of exposure uh, that needs to occur, right? So again, that is it for now as far as kind of our in-depth COVID-19 update. I thought it was a good one to start the beginning of the year. Obviously, we are not going to be talking about COVID every single week. We are not going to do that because I think that would drive everyone crazy. Um, but I just want to make sure, uh, you know, that everything is aligned. Every Everyone is feeling this new year. Again, I don't want you to walk into this new year like a cocoon, like afraid of life. I don't want you to do that. That's not healthy at all. But just understand that, yes, that we're, there's some dangers uh, in our path. But again, as long as you you know, empower yourself for better health, right? As long as you follow directions, as long as, you know, you get vaccinated, you get boosted, you do all the things to protect yourself and protect your loved ones and protect your family, I think we will be all right. I just honestly do. And uh, when I get the question, when I get asked that question, hey, when is this pandemic going to end? The things I always tell them that I want to see, I want to see that our cases continue to dwindle. And again, I don't think it'll go to zero, but our cases continue to dwindle. I don't want it to remain on this flat pain um, I want to see our deaths go down, right? And then I just want to make sure that everyone else has the buy-in uh, that we need, right? Like, you know, it just is what it is, right? So again, um, I am yours truly, Dr. Bayer Pierre. Make sure if you did not catch last week's episode, you catch last week's episode. Uh, we do have a new Patreon. So join the Patreon. I have something special for our first 100 Patreon members who join. Um, you get access to a private Discord and a lot more depending on uh, the stage of Patreon that you join. So make sure you join the Patreon. Uh, it is Dr. Beer Pierre slash Patreon, but I will have a link in the description as well. You be blessed. I'm going to see you guys next week and happy new year for 2023. Thank you for getting to the end of the episode. I am yours truly, Dr. Beer Pierre, favorite board certified internist like always remember to subscribe to the podcast leave us a five-star review and more importantly share this to at least two of the five of your friends and family members that you know that could be empowered with the words that you heard today again so appreciative of all you guys' support see you guys next week